John chapter 4, verse number 5 says, Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Verse 6 tells us, Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. And then verse number 12, a very interesting question is asked. Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us this well? What a question. Well, as a matter of fact, actually, he, he was. Amen. How many know Jesus is greater than Jacob? Jacob did a good thing, but Jesus was greater than Jacob. She asked the question, Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? This historical artifact called a well had been there for generations. It had been there for many, many years, producing how many people had gone to this well and received a drink from this well. I'm thankful today for the faithfulness of God. I'm thankful for the reliability of God that he is always there. And I don't know about you, he's always there. He's faithful. And I want to be faithful to the one who has been faithful to me. He's been so good to me. I don't want to turn around and reciprocate and I want to be good to a God that's been good to me. I want to be true to a God that's been true to me. I want to be faithful to a God that's been faithful to me. Amen. Can we lift our hands today and ask God to bless his word to our hearts? Jesus, we have read the scripture, none other than the word of God. We thank you for it, Lord. We are dependent today on you talking to us through your word and through your spirit. Lord, we have felt the Holy Ghost in our worship as we've lifted you up. Now we are turning our hearts heavenward and we're asking you, O oh God, in a special way, talk to us today. Continue to confirm, Lord, the values that matter in our life and give strength to every child of God here today. Lord, speak to us. And when you do that, Lord, we will ever be grateful for the faithful hand of God. You are always there. And we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And everyone said amen. Amen. And you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. It is referred to as a cone geyser. It erupts every hour to hour and a half with an incredibly high degree of predictability. Violently spouting out 3,700 to 8,400 gallons of boiling water, violently spouting 100 to 185 feet in the air, lasting a minute and a half to five minutes. More than 137,000 eruptions have been recorded. This year, my wife and I were there and waited to watch it happen. We were standing there waiting for this event, this timely event to happen, only to realize that the hat that I had purchased at some, it wasn't a great price, but I didn't want to lose it. I realized that we didn't have it with us, and we had left it in one of the stores. So we had to run back, and we scrambled all around the park to find it. We finally found the hat after a long, circuitous journey. We came back only to find out that people were leaving the event that we had waited a very, very long time for it to take place. Amen. If you have ever been to Yellowstone National Park, you have witnessed this grand event. Every hour to hour and a half, it erupts. For 141 years, it has been watched and recorded. And in 1870, it was named. It was the first geyser in Yellowstone National Park to be named. 
and its name became iconic in America. Its name lodged itself in our national consciousness. It has performed with professional timeliness. Its name reflects its greatest characteristic. It is called Old Faithful. I like that name. And uh, here's why I like that name. The first part of that name is Old. And you, look at, you need to look at your neighbor and say, it's okay to be old. It's okay to be old. And uh, old is, I guess, a state of mind, but that's an okay word, old. Why, why is that word okay? Because it speaks of longevity. Longevity, old, old. In other words, not flash in the pan, not some spring chicken, not wet behind the ears. The years have passed. Put some mileage on, but old means enduring. It means durable. It means long-lasting. But coupled together with that name that is given to this geyser that has erupted with great regularity, coupled with that name old is an even better quality, and that quality is faithful. Still the same. Still spitting out water. Reliable and consistent. Old Faithful has seen the parade of visitors come and go. They have watched the display. But in the dark of the night when no one is ooing and there are no crowds that are mightily impressed, what does Old Faithful do? Old Faithful does what it's always been doing. It continues to spout forth and it continues to be what it is because it is Old Faithful. What a winning combination, I would say, here this morning. Those two words together, Old Faithful. I believe what God's looking for in the church of the living God. I believe Jesus is looking for some old faithfuls. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, yes. We're going to have some fun here this morning. You ought to high-five somebody next to you and say, you need to be old and you need to be faithful. What a combination. Old faithful. What does that mean? You've seen the parade of people. You've seen the exciting hubbub. How many is thankful to be in a Pentecostal church where exciting things happen? Oh, hallelujah. Thank God for it. But I hate to warn you of this. There's going to come seasons. I don't know why this word has been in my spirit so much lately. Seasons. Seasons. There are high seasons and there are low seasons. In case you are wondering, we are getting ready to go into a frigid Siberian winter season. And that's okay because it's a season. You know, there are seasons in everybody's life. The Bible says that we bring forth fruit in our season. That there are seasons of, you know, great highlights. And there are seasons of of excitement. And did you know that the church goes through seasons? Oh, yeah. It goes through seasons where it seems like you can't keep people out of the baptismal tank. Oh yeah, there are seasons where it seems like the altars are always filled with hungry seeking people. There are seasons where it feels like the Holy Ghost, like Pentecost is happening almost on a daily basis. But how many know that there's also seasons that we go through that feel like they're dry seasons? And they feel like, you know, the spiritual fireworks aren't going off. And, and, and everything isn't popping and happening because there are seasons of life. But I tell you, what gets us through all the seasons of life is a spirit of faithfulness to God. 
Jesus is looking for some old uh, faithfuls. Uh, when we're in the middle of revival, we're going to be faithful. If it seems like things are static and aren't happening the way we'd like them to happen in our life, what are we going to do? We're going to be faithful. As a matter of fact, I've got a word from God for somebody. What do you do when your back is up against a wall and the devil is breathing down your neck and you feel like there's no way out and you're struggling and you're challenged on every side? What do I do in that kind of a season? I tell you what you do. You be faithful to the Lord. Oh, yes, Jesus. That's what old faithfuls do. They go to church. When it's cold out, mm, they go to church when it's snowing. I better leave that one alone. I mean, I know, I know. I know, thank you. In the cold dark of the night, maybe when so many others have not stuck around, what does old faithful do? Old faithful does what it always does. If the season doesn't seem what I want it to be, do I give up? No, we don't do that because giving up isn't in Old Faithful's vocabulary. Come on, do, do, do we quit? No, we don't quit because it's not in our genetics. It's not in our DNA. Do we get disconnected? No, we can't do that. That's not who we are because we're old. We're Old Faithful. We made up our mind a long time ago. Come on, I'm going to serve God no matter what happens in my life. We used to sing the old songs, though none go with me. And I mean, we really don't want that to happen, do we? We don't want to go to church and we go to the church of one. You know, just me and Jesus. I mean, it is wonderful. But you know what? I think, I think every one of us will face challenges in our spiritual life that will test our durability, our longevity, and our reliability. If none go with me, I'm still going to follow the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. If my best friend backslides, I'm still going to serve the Lord. Amen. If I don't have an attaboy club pat me on the back, I'm still going to serve the Lord. Because I made up my mind I'm going to serve God. And I put some roots down into this thing. And I just want to be an old faithful can we lift our hands to the Lord this morning? Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Put these characteristics in our life, oh God. Strengthen us this morning today. Increase, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Uh, hallelujah. Our trust and our confidence in you. In the name of Jesus, we're going to be faithful. We're going to be faithful. We're going to be faithful. Amen, amen, amen. This morning, I want to take my hat off to all those. We, now, this is an evangelistic church, and that means that we see a lot of new people come to God. Aren't we thankful for the new babes in Christ that are in church? We're thankful for that. We really are. But I want to balance the scales here this morning. We've been on this series called Pillars, and I want to balance the scales by saying at the same time, I thank God for you that have been here week after week and month after month and year after year, and dare I say decade after decade, your hair has grown grayer or it's grown out, falling out as the years have gone by. But you know what? You're still doing what you've always been doing. 
I would like to highlight a value in the church here this morning and for every new believer that's been in the church a year or two years. I would hope that you would look around and you would see an example of some good godly brother or godly sister that they have weathered the storms of life. They've gone through the ebb and the flow and the ups and the downs and they've been round and round and they've been through the ringer like you're going through the ringer. But you can look across at them and say, if they made it, guess what? I can make it too. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In fact, some of you, I think it would be good for us to do here this morning, some of you look and you see the finished product of a child of God that's been at this thing for decades, and you're like, well, man, they are certainly perfect. Can I tell you here this morning, there were days when they were not all of that. But God stabilized, he strengthened them, and he has kept them in the same way that he will keep you. He'll stabilize you in the same way that he stabilized them. He'll stabilize your family in the same way that he stabilized their family. He'll help you in the same way that he's helped them. Thank God today for the old faithfuls. Still loving God. Hands in the air. Excited. Still blessing the Lord. You're not going to hear caustic criticism coming out of their mouth because they know God's been good to me. God's been faithful to me. And I owe it to the God that's been faithful to me for me to be faithful back to him. He's been so good to me, I can't help but continue to be good to him. He's been so faithful to me, I've got to be faithful to him. Old faithfuls. And we thank God today for them. Such a simple verse to highlight, but it speaks volumes to us some 2,000 years later. John chapter number 4, notice with me verse number 6, it says, Now, 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 Jacob's well was there. Jacob's well. Jacob, who is Jacob? That faithful patriarch born 1,800 years before the birth of Christ. Father to the 12 boys who had become a mighty nation, angel wrestler, iron-willed plotter, well digger. And yet Jacob had the foresight to dig things that would outlast him. Because the Bible said, now Jacob's well was there. I pray that God would put into some saint and child of God's heart that you would build things in life that aren't just for you. They aren't just for me. They are things that will outlast us. I'm preaching this morning about legacy. I'm talking about leaving something to the generations that are going to follow us. And Jacob was that kind of a godly man. He had a long view. He wasn't just looking at today and even tomorrow. He was looking at down the road. He was looking at maybe generations unseen that were going to drink from something that, that maybe was, was just planted with the hopes that it would long live and outlast him. It was a legacy. And the Bible tells us now Jacob, now Jacob's well was there now, Jesus said. Here we are 1,800 years later, and after all these years, that well is still there. It didn't disappoint. It hadn't quit functioning. It was still a producer. It was there. People were drinking from it 1,773 years later. Jacob's well was a fateful well. It had served its purpose well, this lady whose life was messed up and broken, 
came to get water from this well. This well had faithfully serviced thousands of people. How many herds of cattle? How many people had gone to this well over and over and over again? And Jesus said, now Jacob's well was there. It was there. That's what a well needs to be. It needs to be there. It needs to be faithful. If your life is depending on life-giving water, you want there to be water in there when you need it. And something that is dependable and trustworthy and life-giving. It was living up to its name. It was a life-giving well. And it was continuing to do what it was created to do. I would say here on this Sunday morning, what a worthy goal. What a worthwhile goal to be an old faithful kind of a well. One of life's finest yet most uncelebrated virtues. You're not going to hear this talked about maybe in too many places in our world today because it's not all that exciting. Other virtues have flash and they have dash. Charisma, color, zip and pizzazz. But poor old faithfulness just gets missed. Overlooked, under-celebrated Faithfulness won't win the flash award, but I want you to know this morning that faithfulness trumps all those other short-lived values. Charisma will diminish, talent will tarnish, abilities will vanish, charm will fade, but there is faithfulness, ever abiding, always enduring. There is faithfulness. I don't know about you today, but I want to be found faithful in the Lord. I want to dig a well of faithfulness, rock solid, stable, the same. How about being a go-to person can be counted on, dependable, trustworthy, loyal, with continuity and longevity. Some of you here are here this morning, and I say may God richly bless you because you are faithful material. Put your hands together. Thank God for that. Oh, thank God. Faithful, faithful, faithful. Now, I realize I'm addressing a Pentecostal congregation on a Sunday morning. And so when we use the word faith, we have all kinds of views of faith. We have grandiose views of faith, right? We have these highbrow views of faith sometimes, and that's all wonderful. We have mountain-moving faith. Oh, yes, we can get excited about that. We have cancer-healing faith. Oh, that, that certainly impresses us. We have de demon-dropping faith. We have crusade-preaching faith, miracle-working faith. But can I tell you this morning that real faith cuts its teeth and makes its way day after day. Unceasing, unending connection to the source of faith. Faith is more than the byproduct of faith and miracles. Faith is a confidence and a trust in God that brings fidelity and stability and consistency. In fact, faithfulness is a sign of faith. Some people are looking for there to be miracles that happen. Oh, man, we got to see miracles. We do need to see miracles. I believe we will see miracles. But we don't seek miracles. We seek Jesus, and miracles are a mere byproduct of seeking Jesus. The Bible says these signs follow them that believe. They just follow us. If we believe in Jesus and, and live obediently and walk faithfully and humbly with him, can I tell you, miracles are going to be following. It's just going to happen. It's going to be a byproduct 
We don't just get all dialed in on, oh, we've got to have a miracle. No, let me tell you what we've got to have. What we've got to have is Jesus. We've got to have God in our lives and in our midst. And if we connect with him, miracles will just be a simple byproduct of that. I've come here to talk to somebody that might be a little discouraged that you're not seeing what you want to see. Can I say in capital letters, Y-E-T? You haven't seen what you want to see yet. But we're not seeking after that. We're seeking the God of the miraculous. We're seeking the, the faithful one. And, and, and those that have faith in their life aren't just going to see miracles. Let me tell you what they're going to do. They're going to put one foot in front of the other. And they're going to keep on walking this thing out. They're going to walk on Monday like they walk on Sunday. That's good preaching right there. They're going to walk on Tuesday like they walk on Sunday when they're in the middle of a Holy Ghost red hot revival service. They're going to walk on Wednesday. Why? Because they're an old faithful. And that's who they are and that's what they do. They are people of faith. People of faith, uh, they have a metronome in their spirit that just says, I'm just going to keep walking. I'm going to keep doing what I know to do. I'm going to keep loving God. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep working ministry. I'm going to keep doing. Well, how long are you going to do that for? I'm going to keep. This is just who I am. This is what I am. I'm an old faithful. I'm just going to keep on doing this. And one day, the trumpet's going to sound. One day, the dead are going to be raised incorruptible. One day we're going to see him as he really is. And who is going to see him? The faithful. Old faithful. Fred Craddock in an address to ministers caught the practical implications of faithfulness when he said, and I quote, to give my life for Christ appears glorious. To pour myself out for others. To pay the ultimate price of martyrdom. I'll do it. I'm ready, Lord, to go out in a blaze of glory. He said, we think giving our all to the Lord is like taking a $1,000 bill and laying it on the table. Here's my life, Lord. I'm giving it all. He said, but the reality is for most of us is that he sends us to the bank and has us cash in that $1,000 for quarters. And we go through life putting 25 cents here and 50 cents here, listening to the neighbor's kid kids' troubles instead of saying, get lost. Going to another meeting. Giving a cup of water to a shaky old man. Giving our life to Christ isn't glorious. It's done in all those little acts of love and faithfulness. 25 cents at a time here and 50 cents here and 75 cents here. It would be easy to go out in some ways in a flash of glory as a martyr, but it's harder to live the Christian life little by little over the long haul. But can I tell you, that's where the blessing comes. Comes. The blessing comes to those that give their lives with consistency and faithfulness and say, I'm going to keep on keeping on. I'm going to keep on loving God. I'm going to keep on fulfilling the will of God. I'm going to keep on doing what God has called me to do in the day in and in the day out. Without fanfare, I'm going to keep on doing the right thing and serving my God. Oh, hallelujah. I would say this morning that is probably the real challenge to faithfulness. It is so daily. It is so ordinary. It is so regular. Oftentimes, it is so mundane. If you're new here and 
you're new to the Holy Ghost in your life, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad tidings, but there are no serenading angels when you wake up every morning. I know we live on a spiritual high sometimes, but there's, there's no cheerleading squads that are going to be singing your praises. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? When you day to day live what you live and do what you do. But can I tell you, there's a God. Mm. There's a God that sees it all. Amen. I have a phrase that I use with tremendous level of uh, regularity. In fact, I put it on. A, I, I've got a little workout room. Because <laughs> as I get older, I would like to stay healthy if possible. And so, but I got it's, it's It's a picture of a guy climbing a mountain. And it's got big fat words underneath it. And those words are this. The words are fall in love with the grind. <laughs> you say, Pastor, you're a sick man. Yes, I am. I'm a very sick man. Fall in love with the grind. The grind, what do you mean, the grind? Because when Tuesday morning rolls around and you, you realize your heart calls you to prayer and there's nobody else that's there, it's just you and Jesus. And it'd be easier to do anything else but commit yourself to that. And you get up and you pray. You know what they call that? The grind. Like I said, no serenading angels. Nobody's there clapping, inviting you to get up out of your bed to seek after your God. When temptation comes your way and it'd be easier, nobody's around, nobody sees, nobody'd ever know. I can get away with this. And yet you don't do that. There's nobody there to celebrate that, but there's a God that sees it. And that's, that's the grind. That I call it the daily grind. But here's what I know, that if you live the, grind, the daily grind and you continue to live faithfully and you do what God wants you to do, guess what? Hour by hour, moment by moment, day by day, weeks go by and months go by. Can I tell you what's going to happen? The blessing of God will come down in your life. There is a blessing to faithfulness. God blesses faithfulness. I realize I don't have Wild Willie on the organ here this morning. This is an aisle-running message here today. But this is the kind of message that will put some stuff in your guts and stick to your ribs and help you to be strong, that when the going gets tough, the tough stays faithful. They keep on keeping on. They keep on loving God. They keep on living holy. They don't concede points in their life. Say, so I guess I just, nobody's going to know. Nobody's say, no, God, God sees. But I'm going to keep on giving myself 25 cents here and 50 cents here and another dollar here. And I'm going to give myself here. And you keep on doing that. And guess what happens? You become an old faithful. Fall in love with the grind. <laughs> that quiet, unseen time that you spend with Jesus day in and day out. Some of you who sit in these chairs week after week, there's no mighty slaps on the back, but you are faithful. And I want you to know God sees it, and God knows it. River of Life is filled, and I am so thankful today. I'm privileged to preach to this congregation. What an honor, because this church is filled with old faithfuls, the Lindas, the Chezes. This church is filled with those that just, they've been loving Jesus and they've kept on loving Jesus. They weren't a fly by night. I've seen the Pentecostal pogo sticks on the front row. They were on fire, but they didn't stay on fire. 
But here you are. You're here. You're loving God. I want to celebrate you and your faithfulness to God. And I want to remind you here this morning that God sees your faithfulness. Oh, hallelujah. Well, I want to do big things. I've got big plans. I've been prophesied over. I've got a word from the Lord. That's wonderful. That's a great thing. There's nothing wrong with dreams, and especially if they're spiritual. Reach for the stars. There's nothing. nothing that's wonderful. Keep doing that. But as you're reaching for the stars, keep your feet planted in the dirt of daily living. Your feet are planted in the dirt of daily discipline. Serving God is made up of those daily spiritual disciplines of walking with God and pleasing God in the day in and the day out. And there's a father up above who's looking down in love. And he sees it all. Charles Spurgeon preached to thousands in London each Lord's Day, yet he started his ministry by passing out tracts and teaching a Sunday school class as a teenager. When he began to give short addresses to the Sunday school, God bless his ministry of the word. He was invited to preach in obscure places in the countryside, and every, he used every opportunity to honor the Lord. He was faithful in the small things, and God trusted him with the greater things. He said, and I quote, I am perfectly sure, he said, that if I had not been willing to preach to those small gatherings of people in obscure country places, I should never have had the privilege of preaching to thousands of men and women in large buildings all over the land. He said, remember our Lord's rule, whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. The heart of this man said, I just want to be faithful. What's in front of me? What is God calling me to do? Not just the grandiose dreams of what will come in the future and what might be someday, but what is God calling me to in the today, in the right now, in, in, in just maybe what some would consider the nasty, mundane Monday of today. What, what is God calling me to do today, but I'm going to be faithful in it. That's, that's what I've made up my mind. I can't control the future, but I can control the actions of the present. And I have made up my mind with God's help that I'm going to be faithful in the here, and I'm going to be faithful in the now, and I am going to be faithful to my God today and leave my futures into his hand. One of the finest men in the Babylonian kingdom was a Jewish exile. Uprooted from his home, he knew the feeling of being a strange young man in a strange place. Everything was vying for him to alter his beliefs, change the worship of his God. Young people, listen. Cave in and become like everybody else. Be easy. That's what everybody else was doing. But not this man, young people. He ate different food. He walked a different path. He was stalwartly principled and decidedly and doggedly dedicated. His name? Daniel. The Bible says of him in Daniel 6 and 4, then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. They tried to find a crack in his armor. They find, tried to find an inconsistency in his life. But notice it says they could find no occasion nor fault in Daniel. Notice Daniel 6 and 4, for as much as he was faithful. Neither was there any error or fault found in him. Wow, what power-packed words about this, this patriarch of faith that we read about thousands of years later. This mighty world changer, what was it about him that, that made him viable for God to be able to use him? It was said of him, for as much as he was faithful. 
They couldn't find any gap in his life. They couldn't find inconsistencies in his life. He was a plotter. He kept on doing the same thing day in and day out, day after day, living for his God, living honestly. And God blessed him. Why? For as much as he was faithful. He was an old faithful. Did Daniel sell out? Did he compromise? Did he give up his values and his belief? Did he fold when he was the only one and it had been easier just to be like everybody else? Did he do that? No, he didn't do that. He didn't do that because there was a principle in his life established of faithfulness to God. He would rather die, face ridicule, and even death instead of live his life as an unfaithful man. He said, I'd rather die than live unfaithfully. And he lived faithfully to God. And let me tell you what happened. God stood behind his man. If you'll live faithfully for the Lord, I got good news for you. You got a God that's going to back you. When you get your back in a corner and you don't know what to do, what do you do when you don't know what to do? What do I do when I don't know what to do? What do I do when I don't have the answer for the dilemma that I'm facing? What do I do when I just don't even know what to do? I'll tell you what you do. What you do is you do the faithful thing. You keep your eyes focused in on the prize, and you say, I'm going to do what God wants me to do because that's just, that's just the rhythm of my life. I'm just going to be faithful. And I tell you, you be faithful, and God will be faithful to you. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Proverbs 25 and 19. This is an interesting scripture. Confidence in an unfaithful man in time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. A broke, you ever had a broken tooth? Ah. How about a foot out of joint? I had my back was out of joint for a little bit. But the chiropractor, he cracked me up. <laughs> Straighten all that out, right? But, I mean, a foot out of joint, you, just, you can't put any weight on it. You can't, you, can't trust, you can't trust it to carry you when it needs to carry you. When you got to run, you can't run because it's, 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 not, it's not reliable. Confidence in an unfaithful man in time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. But these men said, I won't be like that. I'm not going to be like that. I'm not going to be unreliable. I can be trusted. I won't hurt like a broken tooth. When you go to lean on me, I won't give out like a foot out of joint. You're going to be able to lean on me, Jesus. You can trust me, Lord, because I'm not going to be like that. I'm going I'm to be faithful. I'm going to be faithful to my God. When the pioneer missionary Paul was needing help, he had a go-to guy, a young minister. He wasn't perfect. He certainly wasn't that. He had personal issues as we read in 1st and 2nd Timothy. We read about him. He had worries and he had fears and he was facing a feeling of intimidation in his life. He even had stomach trouble. He had stomach trouble, gastric issues. So nervous about things evidently. Amen. He had to be encouraged that the Spirit of the Lord delivers us from fear. Fear. But nonetheless, he had an outstanding character trait that allowed the great missionary Paul to be able to put trust in him. And what was that? 1 Corinthians 4 and 17, Paul said, for this cause, he said, this is the reason why I sent 
Timothy unto you. He said he's my beloved son. And notice, and faithful in the Lord. Who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways which be in Christ as I teach everywhere in every church. He said, for this cause. He said, I sent Timothy, that young minister, to you. You know why I sent him unto you? I sent him unto you for this cause. He said, I sent him unto you because he was faithful in the Lord. It doesn't say he was the flashiest. It doesn't say he was the most charming. But, oh, he had a wonderful character trait, and that was he was Oh, what heights this ministry climbed to. Oh, what adventurous mission he engaged. Why was that? It was because Timothy was faithful in the Lord. He was faithful in the Lord. And the faithfulness that I'm preaching about on this Sunday morning is fundamentally that faithfulness. I don't mean just faithfulness to your work, but you ought to be faithful to your work, right? Catching what I'm throwing? You should be faithful to your work. There's a lot of things in life we should be faithful to, and I think it's important to be faithful to. You better be faithful to pay your taxes. They got this three-letter acronym that'll come chasing you down. (laughs) Amen. Called the IRS. You better be faithful there. But I'm telling you, the thing that really matters in my life, I want to be faithful in the Lord. I want to be faithful in my walk with God. And Tim, Paul tells Tim, don't forget what what you need to be looking for, for people to pour the word of God into. When you look for leaders, Tim... This young minister, he said, this, this is what you need to look for. 2 Timothy 2 and 2. The things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou. He said to who? What kind of people should you commit? What should leaders in the local church be like? He said, when you're looking at pouring into people, he said, pour into what kind of people? Pour into faithful men. Faithful men. You know what? You can build a church on faithful men. And I'm thankful God has given this church many, many, many faithful men. I remember there was a time when this church didn't have a lot of men. And this church set itself to praying for good, godly, faithful men. And you know what? The Lord answered that prayer. And I know that because I look around this place and I see people, that have men that have established themselves. And this church is strong, and I think we ought to thank God for it. Because, young preacher, you better look for faithful men. Come on, not fly by nights. Not just charisma, not just talent. You find faithful men because fly-by-nights won't do it. Praise God. Pentecostal playboys won't do it. He said, find yourself some faithful men, enduring men, reliable men, stick-to-it men, those that are going to live for God when the going gets tough, people that have established themselves in apostolic doctrine and truth, established themselves in righteousness and holiness, established themselves in the Word and in the work of God. And there they are, another week, another month, another year, another decade. Oh, they've been around. 20 years now because they're faithful men and the church is blessed because the church has faithful men. Oh, thank God. My hat is off to all the godly faithful men of River of Life. I honor you and I thank God for you. And I celebrate that virtue here this morning. The virtue of faithfulness. Old faithfuls. Men with the heartbeat of Proverbs 25 and 13. As the cold of snow. This was written for Minnesotans. In the time of harvest. So, 
is a faithful messenger to them that send him. For he refresheth the soul of his masters. A faithful messenger always gets the message through. A faithful messenger is always going to do what he's been tasked to do. And in so doing, what he's, when he's done what he's been tasked to do, what does he do? He refreshes the soul of his masters. How the Lord must feel when we with great reliability do what it is that God's called us to do. It refreshes the soul of our master. I want to refresh the soul of my master. I want him to say, oh, I am refreshed this day because my son is a faithful messenger. He did as I told him to do. He's lived as I wanted him to live. He did what I wanted him to do. How many here this morning want God to be refreshed by your faithfulness? Oh, yes, Jesus. May God help us. May God help us to do that. I'm coming to a close. It's all about the end. Listen, folks, it's all about the end. Every good book has an ending. Every good book has a concluding chapter. Every book that's written, if it's written well, it has an ending. It has an ending. The end. That's what I want all of us to think about here this morning. Momentarily at least. I want us to think about the end. I want us to blast forward here this morning. What will the end be? For some of us, it may be easier to maybe picture that. We've got many that are young in this place, and there's a certain sense of immortality to youth. I feel like the end, will it ever come? The end will come to all of us, some sooner than later. I want us to think this morning about the end. I want us to think forward. You say, well, I mean, that's, that's kind of morose, Pastor, isn't it? Well, I think we better figure that out today so that we can bring the end into today and live the life so when that time comes, we have been prepared for that, that moment. Numbers 23 and 10 says, Who can count the dust of Jacob and the number of the fourth part of Israel? Listen to the writer. He says, Let me die the death of the righteous. Holy Ghost. He said, and let my last end be like his. Let me die the death of the righteous and let my last end be like his. Psalm 119 and 112. I've inclined mine heart to perform thy statutes always. Really, how long is that going to last? Even unto the end. Matthew 24 and 13 says, But he that shall endure unto thee, the end, the same shall be saved. This is an evangelistic church. We believe in people getting saved. I fear in some ways maybe we've put so much impetus on that that we've missed the second half of the equation. You know, when you are born again of the water and the spirit, uh, i got to be careful how I say this theologically. You're saved, but you're not fully saved. Isaiah, what do you mean by that? You're saved at that moment, but none of us are fully saved 
until we receive the redemption of our body. That means we live through this life. Are you ready? Until the end. And we're received into the presence of God. That's when we win. We don't just win when we're baptized in Jesus' name. It's the big win. But the win isn't complete and finished until the, the end. Until the end. Matthew 25 and 21. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. He said, I will make thee rule over many things. Enter thou in to the joy of the Lord. Oh, God. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. I want this congregation to be reminded this morning that there is a promotion day coming. And it's better than anything we've ever experienced in this world. There is a promotion day that is coming. It is, it is coming. And every saint of God longs to hear these seven words. Well done, thou good. Goodness still matters. And faithful servant. Servant. Serving the Lord with reliability, longevity, again and again, day after day. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Faithfulness is what God's looking for. Faithfulness. Stand together with me this morning, please. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. So what does that mean? What does that mean? That means doing the right things. That means doing the good things. That means doing the godly things. Somebody said amen. That means trusting in the Lord. That means loving Jesus. Over and over and over again, rinse and repeat, day in, day out, morning, noon, and night. In my youth, somebody said amen. As a teenager, amen. As a young married, amen. That means as an, as an older, seasoned saint of God. That means in the good times, amen. That means in the bad times, amen. That means when I'm on the top of my game, amen. That means when it seems like devastation is all around. Then what do I do? I just keep on doing what I've always been doing. I'm going to be faithful in the Lord. Faithful in our marriage. Come on, faithful to your spouse and your family. Amen. I'm talking about being faithful with the heart of righteousness. That means I'm not letting sin is at the door knocking. But I'm not letting sin into my life. I'm not letting, because I made up my mind a long time ago. I'm going to be faithful to the Lord. Sin, you can hit the road. I'm not letting you in my house. I'm not letting you into my life. No, I'm not letting you into my life. I'm going to die the death of the righteous. No, I'm not talking like that because I'm a Christian. Come on, I don't use four-letter words because I'm a Christian. And I made up my mind a long time ago. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be faithful to the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm not going back to the things that God delivered me out of. He brought me out of drugs and alcohol and smoking dope, and he brought me out of that. So I'm not going back to the dope that he brought me out of. I'm not, not going back to that, no, because I'm, I'm going to be faithful to my God. 
It's not always easy, but I'm going to slam the door shut on sin in my life. I'm not going to let it in. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, there's some things I'm not going to look at in my life. Some movies I'm not going to watch. Some places I'm not going to go because I made up my mind a long time ago. I'm going to be faithful until the end. I'm going to be faithful. Oh, well, preacher, I've been going to church now. It seems like, you know, I've got 93 consecutive Sundays in a row. And Sunday morning came around, and you know, we had two and a half inches of snow. And I got a reason. I, 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 could, I could pull out the old snow excuse, but, but I'm not doing that because I've been coming to church, and i got a string of faithfulness. Come on, young people, i got a streak. I got a streak, and I'm going to keep up with that streak. I'm going to keep up with the streak of faithfulness. I'm going to, I'm going to keep on being faithful to church. Oh, it's Wednesday. It'd be just so easy, you know. I, got, I had a little cough today. I probably could just call in sick. Nobody would know any better. But you know what I found out a long time ago? God knows better. He knows better. And you know what? The Lord is pleased when we do the right thing for the right reason with the right heart. No, I'm going to be faithful to God. I'm going to be faithful to God. You're sitting there at the desk and you're getting ready to write out a check and you're like, man, I, I don't know. I look at the stack of bills that I got here and I look at the tithe that belongs to the Lord and I don't know that, is this going to, what's going to happen? Is it going to cover this? What am I going to do? What am I going to do when I got more month than money? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to do what I've always done. I'm going to be faithful to God and then I'm going to leave this up to Him when I do my part. I'm just going to be faithful when I don't know what to do. I'm just going to be faithful. Oh, Jesus, I'm gonna, you're catching what I'm throwing. I feel it here today. Amen. What do you do, Alex, when it's cold outside and the bus isn't wanting to fire up, right? Well, you get the jumper cables out and you put the cables on the bus. Well, you know, it's, uh, it's 10 degrees out. We got every reason we could cancel the bus this morning. We're not canceling the bus this morning. You know why we're not canceling the bus this morning? We're putting the jumper cables on. It'd be an easy thing to do because we're, we're doing the right thing. We're doing the faithful thing. We're doing the faithful thing. We're doing the faithful thing. Oh, it's prayer time, man. I, I could just kind of roll into church about 6.05. And you can, and that's fine. You're here. That's fine. That's between you and God. But, oh, no, I'm, it's 5.30. Man, I want to be, I, I want to be there. I want to be there because I want to talk to my God. And I want to be spiritually prepared for the night service and what God has for me. Come on, how many, you know what I'm talking about? I'm cracking my Bible here this morning. Nobody else knows. It's, it's Tuesday morning. It's just me and Jesus. There's a piping hot cup of coffee that's there, and, the, and it's come out. And, and, I, and I'm going to do that. Why am I going to do that? Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep on being what I've been. And I've got to be faithful to the Lord. Faithful to the Lord. Faithful to the Lord. As a matter of fact, I believe there's one enduring quality that God is looking for in every single life. And that's the beauty of this is that every one of us can qualify. You can't say, well, I don't have the talent to do that. I don't have the ability to do that. God has given every one of us an equal ability to fulfill this great requisite that he so dearly loves. We can all be faithful in the Lord.